Hey everybody, how are you today? My name is Taylor and this is Morbid Academy. First of all, I would like to point out if you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, you will notice I am not in my podcast corner. So I apologize for the weird, the lighting is all wrong. The, I, I can't control it. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Also, you will be hearing that voice a little later on because that's how I think these teenagers talk in this case. So, speaking of this case, it's a doozy. It's a doozy of a doozy. And it's a long one. So, buckle up, get a life vest, get the pint of ice cream, all the coffee, all the wine, whatever you need. Because, wow. This week, I am talking about the disgrace of a human named Tyler Hadley, who in 2011 bludgeoned his parents to death and then had a house party. First, I would like to cover my ass and give credit where it is due. Uh, I got most of my information for this case from the article in Rolling Stone called Tyler Hadley's Killer Party by Nathaniel Rich, which was written in 2013, as well as Morbid, a true crime podcast. They, Elena did amazing research on this. And so I just need to give them all the credit. So let's get started, shall we? Blake and Mary Jo Hadley moved to St. Port Lucie, Florida about 20 years before the incident. They wanted to be closer to Blake's parents who were retired and who lived literally right around the corner. Blake was born and raised in Florida and known as a gentle giant. He was about 6'3 and about 300 pounds. He apparently never had anything bad to say and he was always happy and smiling. And the one thing he said he was bad at was disciplining his kids. And actually, I guess Mary Jo also had trouble disciplining her kids. And before I go on, them disciplining or having trouble disciplining their kids has nothing to do with what Tyler did. Absolutely nothing. He just, something's wrong up in the brain with him. The disciplining had nothing to do with it. But going back to Blake, Tyler's friends had even said that Blake was just a giant goofball, or I like to call them giant teddy bears. I like on TV and movies where you see those big burly men. They're just big giant teddy bears like Tom Hardy and John Bernthal. I love them both. They look like they could beat you up and they probably could, but they're just big giant teddy bears. So Blake was a watch engineer at St. Port Lucie's nuclear power plant for about 30 years and was 54 years old at the time of his murder. Mary Jo was born in Pennsylvania and moved to Fort Lauderdale when she was in high school. And then that's where she met Blake. Mary Jo was described as popular, but very nice in high school. Um, people would say that she was absolutely hilarious and had a very quick wit and she was 47 years old at the time of her murder. Blake and Mary Jo were like love at first sight and people said that they were the perfect couple and absolutely 
freaking adorable. If you are on both on Instagram and in the video, I will post pictures of them. They are adorable. At the wedding, Blake is wearing this like powder blue, periwinkle blue, I don't know blues. It's a light blue tuxedo. They're so stinking adorable, guys. And Maurice Hadley, Blake's father, even said after the murders that Mary Jo was the best daughter-in-law he could have ever imagined. When the two built their home in St. Port Lucie, they started going to church every Sunday and attended for about 25 years. They took their two sons who actually became altar boys and Mary Jo also helped out in the church. Mary Jo was an elementary school teacher and was said that she would never give up on her students. Even if she didn't like you, she would never give up on you. Basically, Blake and Mary Jo were absolute freaking angels sent from heaven to put some sunshine on this earth. Mary Jo had the same email address forever. I guess it was the first one she made or it was the first one she made after she met Blake and she had it until the day she died. And the email address was ILBH412. And that stood, I'm getting choked up. It stood for I love Blake Hadley and then their anniversary. Like stab me in the freaking heart. I love love, okay? She's so stinking adorable. Blake and Mary Jo had two sons. Ryan, who was 23 at the time of the murders, and Tyler, who was 17. And by all accounts, this was a loving, quote, normal family. However, Tyler was extremely troubled. Back to the beginning for Tyler. He was born December 16th, 1993, and he was premature. And he ended up having a lot of health issues growing up. He only weighed three pounds, 10 ounces at birth, and stayed in the NICU for about a month. The doctors had actually decided to induce labor a month early because Mary Jo was having a very difficulty, difficult pregnancy. Family members would say that Tyler was very sweet, but he was very shy and very strange. He had a lot of anxiety, depression, and eating disorders. It's said that since he was a very young, he was obsessed with his weight. He also had thyroid issues, and of course, with all the other things, self-esteem issues. He kept to himself a lot, and he never really did anything in school social-wise. As a kid and early teen, he went through a lot of health and mental health issues, that, and they were being treated. He wasn't being mistreated. He wasn't not being treated for these things. He had doctors. He was going through medication treatments and counseling, and his parents did everything they could to help him out. Mary Jo was basically a big mama bear to him. And I want to say maybe she was a little more protective over him because she had gone through such a rough pregnancy and then had to be induced and then had to have her baby in the NICU for a month before being able to bring him home. I just want to, I just wanted to clear that up that maybe she was just a little more protective over him because of that. Cause I'm sure that that would, I think that would mess any mom up, not mess a mom up, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I'm not a mom. 
I just feel like that would make a mother a little more protective over that child. I'm gonna stop digging myself into a hole because I feel like I'm digging myself to a hole. Anyway, it's also said that Mary Jo and Tyler had a very close relationship, not a creepy one, just a very close one. One of Tyler's friends even said like a week before the murders that Tyler was sitting next to his mom and leaning his head against her. When Tyler was about 13 years old, he started to get into trouble. He was stealing, lighting fires, breaking windows, vandalizing cars. He even started using drugs and drinking heavily. Tyler was never popular, but he also wasn't like the outcast, like the complete outcast. He just wasn't really known like at all. He had his few friends, but he was basically just the shy guy if you didn't know him. In one report I read, it said that he was so shy that he was basically nonverbal, but I'm not entirely sure about that. The people who did know him, including his own brother, would call him a pathological liar. And you see that going forward. At one point, Tyler and his friends dragged a couch into a clearing, doused it in gasoline, and lit it on fire in the River Park Wildlife Preserve. Yeah, in a freaking wildlife preserve, he decided that it was gonna be fun to light a couch on fire. And you know what? They all just got a warning. They didn't get in trouble. They were like, just don't do it. Don't do it again and everything will be fine. Now, 2011. Tyler had been planning this, the murders and the party for weeks beforehand. It was completely premeditated. It wasn't some drug-induced random thing that he just decided to do. No, he completely planned this thing out. He would tell his friends that he wanted to kill his parents or even kill himself very just randomly and his friends would just laugh and shrug it off. You don't shrug that stuff off. You don't laugh at it. I understand dark humor. I have dark humor, but no, not this shit. You don't. If someone says to you, I don't care if how emo, how gothic, how pothead, druggy band of misfits you're in, you don't joke about that. And if you are, you go to somebody and be like, yo, my friend just joked about this. I don't know if he's actually joking or what. That, that's what you do. I hate teenagers. This whole case pisses me off by the way absolutely everything everybody involved i mean tyler technically is the only one involved in the murders but all the teenagers at the party oh my they make me hate teenagers even more i oh even as a teenager i didn't like teenagers but oh oh my this is another breed of teenagers 10 weeks before the party tyler was charged with aggravated battery he had gotten into a fight at a friend's house and was sentenced to a week at the county jail and two weeks of house arrest because he had already had a juvenile record for burglary. Obviously, he was grounded and Mary Jo took his phone and he was pissed about that. But he still had Facebook and he would go to Facebook to talk to his friends. And this is one conversation he had with his friend Isadora. Now, remember that voice I did at the very beginning? That is how I believe all of these teenage girls talked. And it's all through 
Facebook or texting. So obviously I don't know how they actually sounded, but by the way they text, it's how I think they are. And that's what I'm gonna do. So, so here's the conversation. Tyler, don't text me about drugs. Isadora, what happened? Yeah, happened. She didn't even put the ED. Tyler, my mom has it because I got arrested on Monday and she's flipping shit. I just got out today. Isadora, oh shit. Tyler, fucking shit sucked. He did it all in caps. Isadora, you bad kid. Tyler, just kidding. It's a pirate's life for me. Isadora, LMAO. WTF are you talking about? Yes, the R and the U are the letters R and U. I have always hated text talk so much. Tyler, I don't fucking associate with non-pirates. All in caps. Isadora, what? Tyler, okay, I'm done with all the nautical nonsense. Isadora, smiley face. You're so silly. What are you doing? Tyler, nothing, considering suicide. Isadora, why? Tyler, um, because I wanna die, I guess. What are the reasons are there? Isadora, are you being serious? Tyler, yes, I do wanna die sometimes. Isadora, don't die. Smoke a bowl whenever you're down. Smiley face with the tongue sticking out. Tyler, I used to, now I drink a lot when I'm depressed. It fills the emptiness inside me. Again, in all caps. Isadora, you're quite a character. Winky face with the, with the tongue sticking out. Tyler, yes, but all my smiles are fake. He went from like druggy to full on emo right there and I, I can't. Do you see why I can't with this? So yeah, that whole thing, he has some thing going on. And he kept telling people that he wanted to throw a party, but nobody ever really believed him because he had never thrown a party before. And they also knew that he had gotten into a lot of trouble. So they didn't really think that his parents would allow it. No one believed him, but people would ask him about it. And he would say, quote, I'm working on it. In June, 2011, Mary Jo had Tyler admitted to New Horizons, which was a mental health clinic, because he had come home drunk off his ass. Remember, he's 17 at this time. He was constantly making comments about suicide, even before this. And at this point, his parents and his brother were absolutely worried about him for good reasons and put him into the mental health facility. There, he was treated for depression, low self-esteem, and an eating disorder. And just two weeks before the party, Mary Jo was telling people that things were getting better, that Tyler was making amazing progress. And coworkers would say that she was happier and she was coming out of that dark place she was in, because obviously she was in a dark place. Her son is dumbass, but also has a lot of health and mental health issues going on. On July 2nd, Tyler was complaining to his friend Mercedes on Facebook about how his mom took away his phone. And this is their conversation. Tyler, LOL, yup, she's a cunt for show. I might kill her. Yes, he said for show. Mercedes, OMG, no jail. Or I mean prison, LOL. Tyler, oh well, old school heart with the sideways triangle and the three. 
less than sign, more than sign, I don't know, greater than sign. But that was their conversation. I hate teenagers so much. The weekend before the party, Tyler, his father, and his grandfather went to a family reunion in Georgia and apparently everything seemed fine. His grandfather even said, quote, I didn't see any indication there were any problems between Tyler and his parents. The night before the party, Tyler went to dinner with his aunt, who said that he seemed perfectly fine. But later that night, Tyler ran into one of his friends and he said that during dinner, he could only think about killing his parents. Because this guy is a complete psychopath. He's literally planning this murder and the party for weeks and then all he can do is think about it but act completely fine around everybody. And now we get to Saturday, July 16th, 2011, the day of the party. At 9.40 that morning, Tyler had a conversation with his friend Matthew and this was the conversation. Again, I hate everything. Matt, did you do it? Tyler, no, but I'm gonna. Matt, bet? You really should now. Do it. Tyler, don't worry, I am. Then I'm having a party. Matt, yeah, party time. Beep. He wrote the N word and I am not going to say that word. At 11.25 that morning, Tyler received a Facebook message from his friend Antonio. Tyler, sup bruh? Yes, he says bruh. B-R-A. That's bra, people. It's not bra. Get it together. Antonio. Chillin', what you doing tonight? Tyler. Trying to have a party in my crib. Antonio. Your parents ain't home? Tyler. Nope. Well, they're leaving soon. At 1.15 that afternoon, Tyler posted on Facebook, party at my crib tonight, dot, 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 maybe, because he was planning on killing his parents in just a couple hours. Before the party, Tyler had gone to the ATM and withdrawn $5,000 from his parents' account. At 8.15 that evening, he wrote, party at my house, HMU, aka hit me up. I think that's what that means. I've always hated text talk, so don't at me. But because he had never had a party before, his friends, again, they weren't keen on it. They weren't really believing him. And someone messaged him saying, whoa, what, what if your parents come home? Because that is how this person texted it. I, and that's how I imagine them. Actually, all of them are probably just staring at their phone with a blank face, but whatever. He replied to that, quote, trust me, they won't, end quote. Because just a couple hours before that, he had already murdered his parents. Around 11.30 p.m., a fellow student named Mike Young arrived with about 20 or so friends. And Mike was a popular athlete and didn't even really know Tyler except from like what he looked like in school. And they weren't, Tyler and his friends weren't the kind of people that Mike associated with, but there was nothing to do. It was a nice warm summer day. And so they're like, you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna go to a party. Everything about this pisses me off. Before long, there were about 60 people at the party and most of them didn't even know who Tyler was. And then they weren't just hanging out at the party, drinking, no. They were destroying the house. 
I definitely think Tyler had destroyed some of it after he murdered his parents and then tried to cover it up and clean up, but it wasn't all him. Tyler himself was first, first off, was completely high off his ass. And then kids were outside throwing empty cans and bottles on the lawn. They were inside putting cigarettes out on the rugs. There were picture frames broken and on the ground. There were pictures just skewed on the walls. And Tyler didn't even seem concerned about this. He was mostly only concerned about the noise because he didn't want the neighbors hearing and calling the cops. Also, didn't the kids think that his parents would be back at some point and they're just destroying the house? Really? I I hate teenagers so much. Like this, this is just, I, I, I can't. I can't, I'm telling you, everything about this case pisses me off. Originally, Tyler told everybody that they couldn't smoke inside because it was his parents' house. But then he would turn around and say, actually, just stay inside. You can smoke inside. I don't care. At one point, Mike was on the couch talking to a girl when some kid came up to him and said, I smell dead people and giggled. Mike asked, what the hell did he mean by that? And he, the kid just said, oh, I don't know. Some people are smoking. That's all. I don't know what you're smoking, but I don't think it smells like dead people. A group of kids were playing beer pong on the dining room table, which was next to the family computer. Remember when we had family computers, y'all? Or a family computer room? The good old days. Anyway, they were playing music on that and Mike was trying to switch to a different song on YouTube because that's what it was originally used for and we didn't have anything else. And he was immediately struck by how disgustingly disgusting it was, especially the keyboard. It had a sticky brownish colored liquid on it. And he just thought that maybe somebody spilled Coke or spilled beer on it. Nobody cared, nobody looked closer. And you guessed it, it was not Coke or beer. Remember that for later. A couple people had asked Tyler where his parents were and he never gave the same answer. He told one person that they were in Georgia. He told another that they were in Orlando and he told yet another that they don't live here, this is my house. Okay. A couple people actually overheard somebody laughing and saying he killed his parents. Again, why joke about that? I don't get it. By midnight, there were about a hundred people at Tyler's house as well as two dogs. Now I have no idea whose dogs these were at all. I don't think they were Tyler's. There was a black lab and then an old partially deaf and blind beagle who was hiding in Tyler's older brother's room under the bed. Ryan had moved to North Carolina six weeks earlier for college. So his room was just open for a dog to be under, I guess, and for teens to absolutely wreck it because there it was ransacked. Clothes and bedding were everywhere. The bed frame was cracked. I, I hate teenagers, specifically these teenagers. I hate them. They're all dumbasses. At one point, somebody went into the bathroom and found the lab cowering in a shower. By 12.30 a.m., Tyler needed to go get more beer, so he asked one of his friends, who I guess was of legal drinking age, 
and his girlfriend to take him to the gas station that was about a block away. When they got there, Tyler gave his friend the money and while he was in the car with his, this friend's girlfriend, Tyler just said, my father died. Okay, cool. And the girlfriend just, she didn't know Tyler. So she just assumed that he passed away a while ago and maybe Tyler was just high off his ass and drunk and starting a random conversation. Little did she know. When they got back, kids were playing water pong because there weren't any beer. One kid was walking around selling white pills and another was selling weed. Multiple people, multiple kids noticed that the master bedroom was closed and for some reason they're like, let's go in there. Maybe somebody's getting high, but they could never get the door open. It was always locked and they all noticed dark streaks on the door, under the door, on the frame. And they all just thought that it was, again, spilled Coke, spilled beer. I guess one person said that they thought it was oil-based paint that someone tried to wipe away. Did none of these kids watch Dexter or Criminal Minds? And it's 2011. Those were both shows. It shows at the time. You're I highly doubt none of them saw it. My whole point in that is to say, you all didn't realize, didn't even think that it was blood. I don't know, I hate everybody in this story. When Tyler's friend Mark was leaving the party, Tyler asked to speak privately. They went outside and then this part comes directly from the Rolling Stone article. So I just wanted to cover my ass and quote all of that. Quote, Tyler turned to Mark. Dude, I did some things. I might go to prison, might go away for life. I don't know, dude, I'm freaking out right now. What are you talking about? Said Mark. Dude, I know you're not gonna believe me. No one will believe me. I freaking killed somebody. Dude, you killing somebody is your own business, said Mark. Don't be telling me that sort of thing. I don't need to know, end quote. I mean, good for him. He didn't need to know, I mean, that. You don't need to know that because then you are an accessory after the fact, but still, um, okay. Tyler went back into the house and ran into another person who actually thanked him for having him over and for the beer, which after all of this, I'm like, wow. Obviously at this point, he did not know what happened. He was just thanking him for the party. I'm just saying that, wow, somebody actually thanked him for a party. Anyway, Tyler replied that he wanted to do something before he left. The kid asked him what he meant and Tyler said he was gonna kill himself because he quote, did something really bad. The kid, I know I keep saying kid or teen. I'm 28, they're all kids. I was a kid as a teenager, they're all kids. So anyway, the kid said, what'd you do? It can't be that bad. To which Tyler replied, quote, don't worry, if I get caught, I'll be in jail a long time, end quote. He told somebody else that he was going away for about 60 years. And when asked why, he replied, you'll find out tomorrow, which holy crap, that's terrifying. Around 1 a.m., Tyler asked his friend Michael Mandel to speak privately. Michael and Tyler had been best friends since they were about eight years old and spent most of the party sitting together with Michael chatting with his friends and Tyler just staring into space. When they were alone, Tyler said to Michael, quote, I killed my parents, end quote. And of course, Michael didn't believe him. So Tyler said, 
quote, Michael, I'm being real. I'm not lying to you. If you look closely enough, you can see signs, end quote. Tyler took Michael to the driveway where he noticed two cars, a black Toyota Tacoma, which belonged to Tyler's father, and a red Ford Expedition that belonged to his mother. So if Tyler told everybody his parents weren't home, that they were out of state, why were their cars there? During this time, a around 1.15 a.m., a student showed up and he had asked that his name not be used, so I will just call him Justin. He was named Justin in the article, so we'll just call him Justin. And he said that the first thing he noticed was the stench of the place. Like, I'm telling you, this place was not only destroyed, it was absolutely disgusting, obviously, because murder. But anyway, Justin stayed and he decided to play beer pong. At some point, the ball bounced to the floor and rolled underneath the table. He went to grab it and noticed that it was sitting in a dark, thick, sticky brown substance. He was obviously disgusted and kind of grossed out, but he just took it and rinsed it off and continued to play beer pong. So yes, they played beer pong with a ball that had just been covered in blood from a murder that had occurred just a couple hours before. Okay, a little more than a couple, but you get what I'm talking about disgusting back outside with michael and tyler tyler took him into the garage and turned on the light where he saw a bloody shoe print and instantly left the garage shutting the door behind him tyler led him then to the master bedroom where there were traces of blood on the door tyler opened the door and michael saw chairs and blood soaked towels stacked in a pile and at the bottom coming from underneath was a white leg. And then Tyler told Michael the whole thing. That afternoon, Tyler had hid his parents' cell phones so they wouldn't be able to call for help. And then he listened to some music and took some, took about three ecstasy pills because he didn't, he didn't think he'd be able to kill his parents sober. He went into the garage where he found a claw hammer and went inside to find his mother. Mary Jo was sitting at the computer remember that brown substance on the keyboard and for a full five minutes Tyler just stood behind her then he raised the claw into the hammer and brought it down on her head she screamed out and Blake came running out of the master bedroom he then locked eyes on his son and when he asked him why Tyler shouted at him why the fuck not and he kept repeating the question at his as he beat his father to death. When it was over, he wrapped towels around his parents' head and dragged them into the master bedroom. He said he laid them side by side, face down, and that it took about three hours to clean up. Tyler said that he threw all the incriminating evidence that he could find into the master bedroom on top of the bodies. The pile included broken dishes, shattered glass, bloody towels and pillowcases, books, a coffee table, a mop, Clorox wipes and coffee grounds. Afterward, he took a shower and then laughed at his reflection in the mirror. Obviously, Michael at this point rushed out of the room, but he didn't leave the party. At one point, he actually took selfies with Tyler, including one where they're both standing in the garage with Tyler raising his plastic cup. Around 2 a.m., somebody said that there was another party going on and kids started running out the door. 
Tyler ran after them and stopped one of the kids asking them where they were going and he just replied that there was another party. Tyler said, oh, okay, cool. But the commotion of all the cars leaving from Tyler's house, it was too much for the neighbors. And the next door neighbor ended up calling the police. Two officers arrived at Tyler's where there were about 20 people or less still there. And Tyler told everybody to be quiet and to get into his room. And then he opened the door, he talked to the cops and they left and the party resumed. Around 2.30, people started returning to Tyler's, but it was clear at this point that something wasn't right. When people would enter, he would slam the door shut. Then he started to check the windows and close all the blinds. And then he just kept pacing the room back and forth, touching his hair, and then turned off all the lights in the front rooms to avoid any more attention from the cops. At 4.40, Tyler went to Facebook and posted party at my house again, but the cops were standing at the front door at this point. His friend, Michael, had called the Crime Stoppers hotline and told them everything. Officer Adrian Zamoyski and Officer Charles Green had been dispatched to 371 Northeast Granger Avenue at 4.32 a.m. They walked up to the front door and they could hear somebody inside. Officer Green said that he saw a shadow of somebody walking by the front door going back and forth. So he knelt down and tried to peer through the blinds and saw Tyler pacing and talking to himself. He said that Tyler had grabbed a stack of books and was marching them into the back bedroom, dumping them, and then he did that a couple times. At this point, nobody was there, I guess. I don't know when, all, when they all left, but it was just Tyler at this point. The officers knocked on the door and rang the bell, but nobody answered. And then all the lights in the house went off. Then Tyler answered the door. The officers asked if there were any adults present. Tyler said no. And at that point, the officers noted that Tyler seemed frantic, incoherent, and that his pupils were very large. Then Tyler said, I know I'm going to Rock Road, so just take me. That was where the county jail was. So they took him outside, they handcuffed him, and then they left him in the driveway and started heading inside the house. And Tyler started yelling at them, you can't go in there, don't go in there. As I said before, the house was a complete disaster. Empty beer bottles and red Solo cups everywhere. Tyler's room was littered with unraveled cigars, empty beer bottles, and a woman's purse. His brother's room was covered with clothing and bedding and the black lab was locked in the freaking closet. Again, I hate teenagers so freaking much. I hate these specific teenagers so freaking much. As the cops got to the master bedroom, they noticed the streaks of dried blood on the frame and the baseboards. They forced the door open and found the bodies of Mary Jo and Blake Hadley. The autopsy report showed defensive wounds on Mary Jo on her wrists, arms, and hands like she had turned around to try to stop the blows. The main injuries were to her upper torso and head and her spine was fractured. She had seven broken ribs and her left lung had been punctured by the ribs. There were 14 blows and the left side of her skull was pulverized. She had a long gash right across her face and quote, her head had been crushed like an egg. Blake showed that he was beaten absolutely, absolutely, ruthlessly, 
and savagely. His nose was broken, his skull was caved in, his brain had multiple lacerations, and it's even said that the brain itself was floating in blood. A laceration to his forehead, lacerations to his ear, five lacerations at the base of his skull, at least 12 blows just to the head, bruising on his chest, lacerations on his shoulders, and 11 injuries to his right arm alone. Both of the humerus bones were broken, elbows were lacerated, there were 12 injuries to the left arm, there were cuts and bruises on his legs, the left fibula was shattered, and there were 10 blows to the legs. The report said that there were 65 blunt force trauma injuries of skin. And that's not even all of them. That, I guess, is just a handful of what happened to Blake. The funeral service was t attended by 1,000 people. The neighbor who had originally called the police had talked to Ryan, Tyler's older brother, and he said that he was going to go to the jail that night and sit with Tyler because, quote, it's what my parents would have wanted me to do. They wouldn't have wanted me to abandon him. After everything he literally just went through, his parents being brutally murdered and his brother going away to prison because his brother murdered his parents and his, and his brother just being a dumbass and a disgusting human being. And he believes that he needs to go to him and sit with him because that's what his parents would want him to do. In September 2011, Ryan had to file against Tyler so that Tyler couldn't protest to inherit anything from his parents. He also became in charge of basically everything, all of the wills, the estate, and even he and he even became the guardian of Tyler because Tyler at that point was 17. Tyler Hadley was sentenced to two life sentences without parole on March 21st, 2014. And because he was a minor at the time of the murders, he was resentenced in 2018, but he got the same sentence because the judge said, quote, these attacks on his parents were very painful, both physically and emotionally. I say emotionally because they realized their son was killing them. End quote. A fellow inmate has even said that Tyler told him that he did plan the murder and the party about three weeks beforehand and told him, you should have come to this party. It was awesome. What the absolute fuck with this thing? Apparently he has called himself Hammer or Hambo in prison, which ew. And one inmate even said that he, when he was leaving, he wanted his autograph and Tyler signed a piece of paper that said, I don't know if you're a fan, but you should be. It's hammer time. I am so freaking done with it. Ugh, it's disgusting. It gets like I need a shower after all this. It's absolutely disgusting. Apparently when new inmates come in, he greets them and says, you know who I am? I'm hammer boy. Are you freaking kidding me with this? Now, Morbid, a true crime podcast, said this about that, and it's absolutely perfect. They said that in high school, Tyler, he wasn't anybody. Nobody knew him. Again, 
most of the people at the party didn't know who he was just that it was a party and they went to school with this kid but now people know who he is so it's like a full 180 for him yes it's horrible but it's it's what he wanted basically oh i didn't even say that the reason why he wanted to like his quote unquote motive was because he wanted to throw a party not to mention his mental health issues and he was always pissed at his parents he should have been locked up when he was 10 maybe not that young but you ugh. I swear there is some psychopathy going on with him and he still has absolutely no remorse. He has said that he stopped trying to contact his family because they made it very clear to him that they didn't want contact with him, obviously. But he said that he stopped because he didn't want them calling the institution and getting him locked up in solitary not stopping because oh maybe your family doesn't want to hear from their own family member who murdered their family no not about them at all it was all about him this whole thing was about him he is an absolute psychopath this guy pisses me off the whole thing pisses me off it could have, I fully believe that it could have been stopped if somebody had just said, yo, this kid is making all these kind of comments about killing himself or killing his parents, do something. It could have been stopped by somebody. I full heartedly believe that, but unfortunately it wasn't. And thankfully Tyler is in prison for two life sentences so he is never getting out thank the lord and that is the horrific murder of mary joe and blake hadley and the disgusting disgrace of a human that is tyler i really hope you stayed with this and so now i'm gonna go down my sorrows in cheesecake and take a shower because this completely disgusts me and again i hope you <laughs> liked this episode like i don't know if like is the best word to use that's that thank you so much for listening you can find morbid on all podcast streaming services with new episodes out every friday and, and the videos are out on saturday on facebook and youtube you if you need to find links for any of these services you can have head over to morbidacademy.com for all of those if you'd like the episodes early, bonus content, first looks, and more, please head over to patreon.com slash morbidacademy. You can check out the new merch at morbidacademymerch.com. Follow along on Instagram and Facebook at morbidacademy. And please send me your own creepy morbid stories or whatever you would like me to cover in the future to morbidacademy at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you keep it creepy, friends.